Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes completely eradicating not just reducing completely eradicating i believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for mondays not fridays and get to do their most meaningful work the aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content but instead shift the context under which you operate this podcast is titled choosing leadership because that is what leadership is a choice In each episode I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices which are not always easy and comfortable but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership at the end i will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast and with that let's get started mark is the founder of ditch carbon which is helping software companies build sustainability practices and products they are on a mission to make every decision climate conscious in the interview mark shares his background and how he got some early wins which built confidence very early in his career he also shared how he now pays it forward by helping those on his team get some early and easy wins we also talk about the importance of celebrating small wins measuring the process the role of honesty and transparency in leadership and why change is often hard but not impossible hi mark welcome to the choosing leadership podcast hey good to be here thank you very much for inviting me it's a pleasure to have you here Can you start by sharing a bit about yourself, who you are, and what do you do? Ah, uh, yeah, my name is Mark Greenley. I am the founder of Ditch Carbon. We're on a mission to organise the world's carbon data and make it available via a simple API, so we can integrate decision uh, carbon into the decision making. Hmm, that's uh, pretty interesting. But before we get into that, can you share a bit of your backstory and how did you get get to where you are today? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I spent my first. what I call proper job was a company called Pure360 which is a leader marketing company I was one of the first dedicated commercial hire there and we grew that business from you know just six or seven of us up to 150 selling it a few times and that really was my where I learned a lot of what I do today in terms of um sales management I had a great mentor there uh Stuart Dawson fantastic chap who taught me a lot about managing about running companies about selling companies mm-hmm. uh as there for about six or seven years and then moved on to decision or ran the UK and part of Europe went through a couple of acquisitions there as well that was really fun uh and then since then Brandwatch helped grow the Amir and Apex teams Pursue started out their business division um device pilot internet things mind gym their video on demand uh, coaching on demand sorry platform and advised a bunch of startups across the world really in terms of how to accelerate growth in market how to improve sales performance 
um, build up marketing and sales teams. That's what I've done many, many times. And so I got to a point, got a few more gray hairs and decided I wanted to do something more than just generate shareholder value. So yeah. focused on uh, building a startup in the sustainability space. Wonderful. Can you share one or one or two of those key moments which were uh, very transformative for you? This could be things going well, but this could also be very well be things not going well. Uh, yeah, I think like um, like it's quite an early one at Pure Three Sixty. Actually, we we always kind of try to do more outbound. We always try to pick up the phone more. And you know, at the time, I wasn't like a huge fan of it because it is hard, right? And then I picked up the phone and I managed to catch Caroline. Her name was. Uh, True Print, which then later got acquired by HP, I think. But, um, and uh, yeah, I spoke to her. She sent a trial order form back the next day and then became my largest customer a week later. And that gave me a huge amount of confidence in my sales ability. And, you know, the hard work paid off. I was very lucky to get to it um, that early on, but it really transformed my prospects in the business and the business itself, to be honest. And then six months later, I closed a very similar deal, which was the largest deal the company had seen. And again, that really helped with our fundraising moving forward. So there's a couple of key sales moments that really helped me in, on that journey. I think um, a second one was when I was working at Cision, I had to do a bit of a turnaround. And I walked into the meeting with 80 people and had to tell them that, look, you know, the business is doing really badly. We really need to improve quite rapidly. Uh, and openly, open, honest, it's really important. And then some cheeky bugger kind of went, well, what do you earn then, Mark? And I just just told him, I said, look, you know, at the time, years ago, and I said, like, 120 grand. And if I hit all the targets, I get 200. And um, he said, oh, okay, cool. Uh, and it just kind of showed me that if you trust people with the information, nobody judged me differently, I don't think. They were just curious. Uh, and when I took that off the table, which I think a lot of people, especially in the UK, are quite uncomfortable with sharing salaries. As soon as you share that, it just kind of, dissipated mm. it and it was much easier to um to uh, to do that i think some definitely some times where i've made mistakes um i think there were definitely times at brown watch where i concentrated on the wrong things you know i was, I was probably a bit too tactical and not strategic enough in my thinking uh and was given kind of quite clear feedback that, that was the case which was pretty unsettling because at that time i was kind of quite sure crowd hitting my stride in terms of my career and uh, maybe you'd forgotten that you always need to be open to learning. So that's definitely one of the one of the more challenging times. Um, and actually, another really challenging time was about six months ago at Ditch Carbon. You know, like I'd gone full time on it. It kind of was, removed all my other sources of income and was entirely focused on uh, building out the business. And you know, things were just we weren't growing the revenue. We just weren't growing the revenue. And then the summer. It was, really difficult and about halfway through the summer everything changed we started build revenues much much faster and it was yeah i think it was just perseverance and believing that you're doing the right thing uh and believing in the process right you continue to do outreach you continue to deliver value to your existing customers um the right people will come along but if you lose faith in that you can really struggle so yeah there's a few thoughts to share yeah, thank you thank you mark uh, let's uh, go over one by one right what you share right so first was yeah, sure. Tasting those early wins and having that confidence. Yeah. And um, what advice would you give to somebody like who is an entrepreneur who is in sales? Because sales by nature is uh, like dealing with rejection. How would you how would you advise somebody or how would you manage a person who is struggling with getting that or getting those early wins or dealing yeah. with rejection? What role does confidence play in sales? 
Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's a really good question. So some of the ways that I've managed it, it, it's different. If it's just you doing it, it's very different to if you're managing a team doing it. What I've done, what I've done in the past to help people's confidence, if I know that they're good, I know that they're going to be good, I generally will pass them some really hot leads. Uh, and then, you know, that will just get, make it a bit easier. Um, so often when you're in a managing a team of people will come to you directly, they put when you were selling before, or they know you professionally, oh, Mark, I know you're in this game now. Can you help me with this? That often happens. And giving the people just to give them a win, do you know what I mean? Because mm. it really transforms it. So that game yeah, is kind of gaming the system a little bit. Genuinely just helps. It's probably not the best, the most uh, textual advice, but genuinely does work. I think um, rewarding the stages before the end result as well. So I remember listening to a talk by Chris Hatfield, the Canadian astronaut, and he said, look, becoming an astronaut is really bloody hard and most people don't make it. So if, you only, if you're only in it because you want to become an astronaut, you're going to be disappointed. Whereas if you enjoy the process, then you can be happy for 20 years trying to become an astronaut and if you end up not becoming an astronaut, it doesn't really matter because you've enjoyed the process. And I kind of, I take a lot of um, advice from that really. So you know, rewarding, right, so you've made 20 calls today. How were they? You know, well done, you did those 20 calls. What did you learn? Um, uh, and just to encourage them to keep doing it, right? And keep going even when they are getting rejected. This kind of view that people tell you to you know, swear at you on the phone or whatever, it just, it doesn't really happen in my experience. Uh, you've just got to just got to keep going until you find the ones that like you. So celebrate the small wins. Celebrate the stages towards the end objective. Um, you know, yeah, I, I just love talking to people. So even if I don't want to buy anything, I'm just happy to chat and find out about people's lives. I mean, that's one of the things that's always made me quite good at sales. Um, so yeah, that's what I would advise. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and so it's, uh, it's uh, very ironic, right? Because uh, I work with a lot of leaders on leadership. And many times this is the same advice that I give them, right? So right. giving people some easy wins, like not to make it too difficult as like nothing builds confidence faster than that. Connecting with with people, right? Beyond the work, beyond the deadlines, tasks, and then not waiting for the end of the quarter or end of the year to celebrate, but to really see what are those small elements, small steps, which you can celebrate, but also optimize, also measure. And that yeah, gives I mean, people some... The, yeah. Yeah, progress there's, momentum there's all that stuff around optimizing your pipeline all the rest of it and that's all kind of taken as red i suppose i mean there's an african problem that you know if you want to move mountains tomorrow you've got to move rocks today and i think the rocks of sales are outbound grunting out a result grinding it out doing the right number of emails a day the right number of calls a day and the right number is calculated based on your conversion metrics and all the rest of it yeah but yeah it's a common theme i think we'll probably find today yeah. And the second thing which you mentioned about uh, honesty and transparency, right? How do you how do you see that? Because many times in organizations, kind of everybody knows what is like, what is the one conversation which people want to have, uh, yeah. but the leaders don't have the courage because it also requires courage to really be open. Uh, yeah. But how do you see that, right? In the, especially in large companies, uh, like transparency becomes like a buzzword, but nobody really is transparent. How do you see that play out in your own? Yeah, it's so hard in large companies. There's so many kind of um, artifacts of um, and uh, of culture that just kind of slow things down. And you see it, you know, when I was, we're a small startup and we're selling to generally quite big companies. 
and mm. customer will say to it, or hey, look, could you do this? And I go, yeah, we can do that. And then the next time we speak a week later, we've done it. And they're like, oh my God, that's amazing. How do you, on earth did you get that done? So much, but supposed to do So uh, most of my experience is in companies that are less than a thousand people. So um, in those smaller companies, it is just down to the leaders to show mm. leadership, you know? Like it's not, nobody's going to die. Like you just need to share it and actually, it's much easier um, to kind of uh, to communicate on every now and if people have that one question answered as you put mm. it in their mind. Um, you know, I'm a fundamental believer in the goodness of people. So I believe that people given the right information will make the right choice. Uh, not everyone believes that, I don't think. So that's probably why I'm a bit more comfortable with it. Yeah. Where is that belief uh, coming from? I don't know. It's a very deep question there. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, any any key people, any key influences, maybe who have shaped that belief. I think it's just um, it's the kindness of strangers, isn't it? You know, like I think that probably early in my life, I probably had some times where you were kind to me, and so I felt that's what everybody was like. You said that's, I, mean, I can't be really specific, but um, mm. that's always the way that I like to lead my life. So I guess it's so yeah, yeah. to see in many yes. ways. Um, yeah, and I think that's a wonderful mindset to look at the world. And also a blessing, right? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, can you can you t- can you turn somebody from a pessimist into an optimist? Can you turn an optimist into a pessimist? That's an interesting question. I think you know, is it possible to? You know, I always say that you can change behaviours, but you can't change nature. And so um, maybe there's something in that that we're all kind of maybe by the time by the time we're ten or whatever, nature is set, and um, yeah, the rest of the time we're just you know evolving that point yeah yeah i think we can i think uh, that's my perspective on that but uh, first, right. there are two two elements right first of all the person wants to change needs to want to change right you cannot force it upon somebody and the second it's often a long and not an easy journey mm. yeah, that's the second one right it's something yeah. which has been so embedded since childhood it takes time and often mm. it leads through a path of uh, dealing with those demons which you are hiding behind a particular way of behavior, mm. a particular way of looking at the world, mm. uh, and that can threaten your identity. So it's a long journey and not always easy, and that's where the willingness really comes in. You can't really force it. I mean, I think that's really true. I'd love to see that. I think we're, yeah, we're different in that sense. I just think that there's a very few number of people that really change. Once they're in the world of work, you know, I think at that age onwards, from I don't know, 18 or something onwards, I think you're really changing a lot is very difficult, I think. But you were drawn it. <laughs> yes, yes. And now, and then you spoke about, right, your current company where you're trying to uh, do something sustainable, right? Can you mm. share, is there, was there a moment when you said, right, so I have to move beyond shareholder value. I have to move beyond just making money. Yeah, sure. That? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think, so we made, yeah, we kind of thought, yeah, look, Climate change is something we've got to we've got to try and address, right? Being based in the UK, we UK is still the second or third largest historic uh, emitter of carbon, and you know, as a citizen there, we've got a responsibility to do more and so to help combat the effects. Um, so, kind of, we went vegetarian as a family. We got an electric car. We got electric. We got solar panels on the roof. We uh, got an air source heat pump. Like we did everything you're supposed to do, right? Um, they come back and flying, everything. And, uh, and I read this book and it was saying, you know, yeah, you know, this is what comfort print everything is. And I worked it out and actually all the changes we made over a year, 
versus somebody taking a business class trip from London to Sydney made no difference. It's the same, mm. right? And I was like, you know, it's not enough. I need to do more. So I started looking for problems that could be solved with software because that's what I know predominantly is software as a service. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where I made that decision really is that's what I wanted to do. I think you, um, you're a long time dead and you kind of, you know, really the only impact you have afterwards, uh, when you die, the only thing that's left is the impact you've had on the world. Uh, and if I can in some small way contribute towards fighting climate change, and that would be a fitting, uh, fitting legacy. That's fine. Thank you. Thank you, Mark, for doing all of that. Sharing that. Well, uh, I, mean, I haven't done anything yet. I haven't done enough of it yet, but you know. <laughs> no, but I think even that is going beyond what a lot of people do because that is also a courageous step, right? So doing uh, doing it personally for you, that's one level, but then starting a company, letting go of a comfortable like a position and a comfortable way of operating uh, is something else. So I want to applaud you for that choice. But uh, I want to ask you, right, you spoke about even this summer being difficult, right? And any new company, any new journey has often that, uh, those new set of challenges, right? So what role does that uh, meaning play, right? What, you know, what you're doing now is uh, very meaningful for you. Mm. What role does that play, that connection to climate change, sustainability, when you're facing with those difficult periods, yeah, I think it's interesting that like in those difficult periods, it's very hard. It's very hard to think about the greater good, right? Because you're like, shit, it's going well. I need to do this. I've got to pay the mortgage. You know, like what am I doing? Maybe I should just go get a job. Like it all comes back and it's all perfectly reasonable. And then the way that I cope with that stuff is I kind of think worst case scenario. So I go, well, look, if I, in option A, if I, carry on doing this and it, com it completely implodes you know probably not going to start i'll have to go get another job which will hurt my ego but i'll probably be okay um but i would have done my best i suppose whereas if i quit now i'll always wonder what could have been uh and that positive impact that i'm trying to have how would i tell my kids that i just gave up i suppose mm -hmm. uh, and that's i guess what you know in the, in the darker hour what keeps me going it's really like honestly a lot of it is ego a lot of it is you know what's going to hurt my ego more giving or failing dramatically <laughs> and i think giving up the go more <laughs> absolutely i think uh, in the heat of the moment sometimes we can like uh, make a uh, big uh, mountains out of moles right but it's never the worst case is never so bad and even if the worst case happens we can always recover and come back as, uh, yeah and it helps yeah. ease the ease the pressure off of you. Yeah, totally. I think it's one of the things that just taking a step back, I remember like being involved in lots of office politics and things in the past. And you know, these things go home and get really stressed out about this so and so's done this and so and so's done that. And yeah, you just, I can't think about it now. I don't even know the names of these people involved. And they used to stop me sleeping at night. And it just seems bizarre. Uh, just to get a little bit of perspective and step back, I think it's uh, very useful, very easy to say. In hindsight, very hard to do in the moment, as you say. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, very practical, right? Just stopping, mm. taking a pause, taking a deep breath, and really connecting with why am I doing this? And if I don't do this, what will be the regret? Yeah, like yeah. What will I, as you said, right? So what's worse? And then you get, uh, get yeah. started again. Yeah. yeah Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> now, if I zoom out a bit uh, into the future, right? Can you share what are you trying to do? What lies ahead for you? And what are some of those challenges that you see f for yourself and for your company? Yeah, so um, 
Yeah, we've just raised a small funding round and we're probably going to raise some more money quite soon. Um, you know, so I think it's what are the challenges ahead. Hiring is always a challenge. Making sure we remain focused on our customers, um, balancing the needs of our investors with the needs of our team. Uh, all those, those things are likely to come up. But I think what I find really, what I find quite refreshing about the space that I'm in at the moment is a lot more collaboration than I've seen other spaces. I have regular meetings with various people that are competitors or kind of competitors. And we just kind of meet up and we share freely what we're working on. Now, if I had done that in the kind of social media analytics space or the marketing automation space, I'd have been shocked. You know, like, you know, the person would have been writing down everything you say and yeah. they, they, they do you over on the next sales call. But, um, and actually, like, as you were very kind at the beginning of the call, people, when they hear that you're doing, you're trying to do something uh, about climate change, um, people are generally very open. So I feel like I'd always have the support of society at least uh, in what we try, and, and that gives me a lot of confidence that we can succeed and build a, you know, a really significant business um, that will help a lot of businesses uh, make better choices like you see in the climate. Yeah, I think you're touching on uh, some interesting trends which I am also observing. One is that uh, like people want to do more than just earn money. So if you can do a business where there is that deeper sense of meaning, you tend to not just uh, attract the right kind of people, but also the right kind of collaboration, partnership. And also businesses, maybe business and capitalism is also evolving uh, to more, uh, like rather than a more competitive world, it's evolving into a more collaborative and seeing each other as partners who are still competing, but not like like uh, not trying to kill each other, not trying to spy on each other. Uh, and I think the internet obviously has allowed that culture to, because now it's much more difficult to be uh, in silos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so these... I, I, yeah, I think that's a really... Uh, recently, um read a book called The Ministry of the Future, which I highly recommend everyone reads. And it's, it's kind of like a, it's a book based in 2030, uh, and it's all about the UN finally are given power to act on climate change unilaterally, right? And then there's this department called The Ministry of the Future that, that does this um, for them. One of the things they do is they bring in this kind of 50%. So... 50% of the world is given back to nature, 50% oh. of the world is for humans, right? Uh, and because of that, people become much more collaborative and, you know, it's a really nice utopian vision of what we can potentially do. Um, and I really hope we, we get there. Um, really change, keep some political people out of the power and we can do that, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And then as you navigate like, in this new way of operating with uh, people with a very different mindset, uh, what do you see are some of your own personal challenges or fears which which come up? I think there's still like, um, uh, I think for one, I've always kind of, it sounds like terribly kind of, I've always kind of been kind of quite open and quite, you know, collaborative as much as I've uh, been allowed to be, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, I welcome uh, this change, I think. Um, I think some of the challenges perhaps is there's still... I think there's still like a lot of the world, maybe still part of me, that, you know, the toxic masculinity isn't there. There's the kind of expectation that you have to be a particular way or, you know, not show too much emotion or whatever. Um, so I think we all need to, we're all on that journey, aren't we, to kind of continue to be open, uh, help people on the journey on the way, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And I think with that, I'm asking you, I'm going to ask you to be a little bit vulnerable and share something which most people do not know about you. 
Oh, okay. Um, don't know. What is something that people don't know about me? I don't know. Uh, I'm shorter than I look. I don't know. Uh, so that, that would be called deflecting with humor, which apparently is something that I do a lot of. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah. I love a soppy movie or a soppy series. Do you know what I mean? Like they're the really kind of like over egg fake emotional stuff that you get in, I don't know, rom-coms and that kind of stuff. Uh, mm. I love that stuff. I don't think I'm supposed to love that stuff, but I love that stuff. So yeah. it's nice. <laughs> yeah. And That's how does, one. yeah. How does, is there a connection between what you were saying earlier? Like how, what we, how we expect people to show up, especially in yeah, business? Totally. I think, you know, you Mark the founder, right? Yeah. You know I mean, like I've got to be mm. a strong leader and I've got to show my investors. I'm a really reliable, super driven dude. Uh, and I've got to show employees and um, stakeholders that I can be relied upon to make, to make the right calls and all the rest of it. And I guess at the same time, you know, uh, if I go home and watch a bunch of soppy movies, it's probably not quite what they're expecting. Probably expecting me to go for like a run after work or something. And, you know, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. It's funny, but, um, yeah. 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 And how do you navigate that balance? Because it seems like you are also a very matter of fact guy, like you would not hold something back. How do you? Yeah, I think, I think part of like, well, look, you know, like I'm a middle-aged, middle-class white bloke, right? Do you know what I mean? Like I've had every privilege afforded to me, known to man or woman for that matter, right? So I can't really complain, mm. uh, you know, in terms of that. But I would say that, um, yeah, I think just, I think you get to an age uh, where you don't really care anymore, right? Like, do you know what I mean? If people aren't willing to accept you for the way that you are, then that's just kind of okay. That's their problem, I suppose. And um, people naturally kind of navigate towards you. If they back you uh, and naturally back away, if they don't, I suppose, um, that's probably, that's how I live, you know, day to day, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I, I want to just uh, clarify that, right? Because that can be misperceived as uh, not being considerate. Uh, but that's a good way that I don't care about how people think of me because then I am so grounded or so comfortable in my own skin. But you do care about a lot of things and that shows in your what you're doing right now, right? Uh, you... Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's a fine balance, right? Because are you a narcissist or are you genuinely like an arrogant sod or whatever? But I think it's just... You know, um, I think there's so much. One of the things that really struck me a few years while ago now, someone said to me, I think people don't always overestimate how forgettable they are or un underestimate how forgettable they are, right? Mm -hmm. So you might have, you know, they tripped up on onto a way to a stage to a talk or something and be, oh, that was awful, that was awful. But if you ask, like, the audience a week later, anything weird happened on that stage? No. You know, when you're still there in the middle of the night, your brain going crazy worrying about it, right? And actually, you know, people don't really care that much about other people. They're really quite self-centered at the end of the day. So, you know, you just need to uh, not worry so much with your things. Nobody else is. <laughs> yes, yeah. So to, before we wrap it up, right, what advice uh, would you give somebody, either a leader or an entrepreneur, who has been struggling? Like last few years have anyways been uh, quite uh, anxiety-producing for a lot of people, especially leaders, entrepreneurs who don't, only have to deal with their own anxiety, but also manage their team's anxiety at times. How would you yeah. uh, advise somebody like that? I think so. I'm a massive believer in getting outside and just kind of breathing the air, getting away from the city, 
you live in a city, if you're fortunate enough to live somewhere rural, um, uh, get out there and enjoy it. Um, yeah, just you know, like when you're when you're on a deserted beach or something, right? Like you immediately relax, and I think this is kind of an evolutionary thing because mm. you can see all around you. So there's no, you know, there's no predators, right? And so you can afford to relax. And so I really encourage people to get out there into the big, wide open spaces and just kind of breathe. Um, if you can't do that uh, for whatever reason, then find the thing that gets you into that flow. For me, it's I love climbing. Um, so I do indoor climbing. I do outdoor climbing. If I can't get away, like I go indoor climbing. You know, and harmless climbing. What I'm thinking about is that because if you don't think about it, you fall off, right? And that's an ideal. So just get into whatever gets your flow, and that might be gaming. It might be running. It might be playing football. Whatever it is that you do, it might be knitting. It doesn't matter. Whatever just gets you into that flow state. Um, I think it's because you need your brain needs that time to relax. And if you do that enough, the other bits become less stressful. My experience. Absolutely, that's beautiful, uh, Mark. And uh, I, I would add a couple of things. Right, I love your background. First of all, yeah, uh, yeah. green green background. I think that <laughs> helps. Uh, many times I'm talking to people and they are sitting in a basement, and yeah. people think that it doesn't impact their well-being. It doesn't impact their mood, but it does. And yeah, exactly. getting outside into nature is one of the easiest ways to like really say that the world is now not out there to get you, and to yeah. really relax. And I think another thing which I noticed in this interview in the last thirty minutes, you have been like you have been very flexible. You have been moving your body, <laughs> not not stiff, uh, because many times I am talking to leaders and they are very stiff, right? They they are oh, like right, okay. yeah, they are not smiling. They are like very focused, not moving their body, and that has an impact on uh, like how you how flexible you are in your ideas and your thinking. Uh, so I, I noticed that, and I just wanted to like highlight that that that's not trivial. Uh, oh, that's and, yeah. yeah, well, thank you. I would I highly recommend this wallpaper. It's forty pounds, so what like uh, fifty dollars or something on eBay. Uh, it took about half an hour to put up. So if you're in a basement or whatever you are, just usually just get it up there because you're looking at yourself so much, aren't we? It's kind of weird in the post-COVID world looking at your face and your background all day long, and it's it's um, it's not interesting. This is much to your detriment as anyone else. Yes, but, um, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that uh, certainly helps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so to wrap this up, right, if anybody who is listening wants to reach out to you, find out more about what you do, what's the best yeah. way for them to do that? Yeah, drop me a message on LinkedIn. I'm like a, I'm like a super active LinkedIn user. So uh, just come find me, Mark Vinier. Uh, drop me an email, mark at ditchcarbon.com. Um, M-A-R-C, that is. Uh, Always happy to chat. I've done a lot of consulting and coaching in my time as well. Um, you know, so always happy to connect like-minded uh, leaders, do what I can to help. And of course, if you're a platform looking to integrate carbon emissions into your uh, application, very open to having a conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Mark, for sharing all of this. I will make sure to include your LinkedIn and your company website with the show notes. Uh, and, uh, uh, and I want to wish you all the best with uh, everything that lies ahead for you. New challenges, Thanks. new learning, new growth. Uh, and I hope you keep on breathing. You keep on enjoying the journey, enjoying the process, as you said. Uh, yeah. And thank you for sharing everything that you shared today. Well, Zia, thank you. Great questions. Uh, yeah, big fan. So thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me today. Yeah. Thank you. All right. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction, not just for yourself, but for everybody around you. 
If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future, please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And I want to thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.